What is up, everybody? You are checking out the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ant. What's up, everybody? It's Macho Man Man. Dig it. Dig it all the freaking way, sir. All the way. Dig it in. Um, so <laughs> you're checking out our WWE <laughs> Friday Night SmackDown, April 15th, 2022 recap. Now, last we left off at WrestleMania, uh, our recap episode, I said that we were going to figure out what's going to happen. Dusty and I were tied. I don't know, Dan. I think I might have to have a hostile takeover and and uh, and claim stake to the you title. You're going to be like Vincent Kennedy McMahon and just book yourself to win? <laughs> yes. That is my plan. So, I mean, I guess it's only fair, though. I mean, you know. That's fair. fair Hey, hey, that who is not up to show up for his title cannot claim it. That's right. So, I, your Italian god, again, I mean, I've already always been. I'm just being recognized by everybody else again. Bask in the glory. Is declaring himself I total, just like uh, I like a whole like smile with my arms out, like I'm totally. Yeah, you are totally declaring yourself the pay per view champion. I fucking totally am the WWE pay per view champion. Who can beat me? No one can. Find out why. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll see about that at WrestleMania Backlash. We'll we'll find out. I wish that WrestleMania backlash never happened and was just backlash because then it would be, uh, you know, what we should do. We should do like what? an episode where we just talk about like the greatest sets and WWE shows because uh, old, fuck, that would be awesome. The old school backlash sets were like, amazing. oh, you mean like the ones where like they had like teardrops that like made a metal and everything? Um, I don't think they were teardrops. Well, oh, I mean, there was one. Oh, right now, I'm going to be thinking of bad thinking blood. Of bad blood. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. And that was blood. I remember it badly, okay? I don't have a memory of an elephant. I'm sorry. Well, you are raking. You, you're raking. You are right. It's like they're pendulums and they're kind of swinging back and forth. Yeah, I did. I did remember that. I did remember something like that. So, I just feel like how many times are you going to, um, look? WWE has changed their sets in a lot, a lot in the past few years, and holy shit, each time it gets more shittier and shittier and shittier. It's I more lazier it. and lazier and lazier. And I'm going to pay attention more on this week's episode of SmackDown that on Raw, at least the um, the guard railings, um, the barricades, they're, they have like the logo and like an LED board now. So. So, well, yeah, that's also on Raw and everything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if uh, they have that for SmackDown. I didn't get a good eye on it last week. I'm pretty sure they would if they do for Raw. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the light-up barricade is fucking stupid. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it, it, it's... It, I. All they're doing is turning things into LEDs, but all you're doing is literally just adding LEDs to things that don't need them. I mean, re- I remember the day... Well, I don't remember, but I'm sure you do. Remember when the day when, like, the barricades were fucking metal? 
Okay, we didn't need fancy LEDs and everything. Sure, I want a good looking stage, and that includes LEDs, but fuck, you don't need to do it on the fucking barricades. I'll bet you. I mean, both you and I are on the same page, so we both will bet the whole world that, like, if you were to pull people and say to them, like, would you rather have WWE focus their money on putting LED boards on the barricades or uh, have WWE put more focus and detail and theming into their different pay-per-view stages? Everyone is going to say that. Oh, I bet I, I would bet a million fucking dollars that everybody would. Yeah, I don't think there'd be one person. Uh, the only way I can see somebody saying that they would want it is if they're a fucking child and they don't remember that. Yeah. Well, we're I getting mean, back that in like look, even in like back in like 2010, they at least had some like for the Royal Rumble, they had a different stage mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. For WrestleMania, they had yeah. better. Yeah. 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 No, I'd say probably until 20. 20- 13. Even even in like after 2011, there was still sometimes doing it, but then they just like stopped after like yeah. 2013, 2014. I think 2014 is when they kind of just like stopped caring about the themes and just then they just changed like the like the way the things look and everything. It's it, I hate it, but then they did change in like 2016. That looked cool. It was so much better than than the stage they had, and now. Now we just got a giant LED fucking board. What the hell, man? I got news, too, for everybody. This is before we go into our recap. This isn't breaking news, because I'm sure by now a lot of people would know this. SummerSlam is coming to Nashville, Tennessee, y'all. Howdy. Um, And it will be taking place in July, which is the first time SummerSlam will not be taking place in August. So that's interesting. Wait, when is it taking place? It's happening in July. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. And it's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. I remember for a few years straight, they would just go to Brooklyn. Yep. And then they also did that with Los Angeles prior to Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, let's get into our episode of SmackDown. They're live in Worcester, Massachusetts. And the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro, come down to the ring. And Randy said that the Usos came to their show on Raw, and now the RK Bro are on your show to call you boys out. So then the new date, the Usos come out, and the Usos basically say that you don't want us. If you do challenge us, we're going to hit you with a day one. And then Randy says, you know, I really like your entire family. Growing up, I remember seeing family members with my dad in the backstage. But I think you two are just assholes. And he basically calls the Usos bitches. And he accepts the title unification match for WrestleMania Backlash. So it is set at WrestleMania Backlash. It will be the Raw Attacking Champions RK Bro defending their titles against the WWE SmackDown Attacking Champions, the Usos, who are defending their titles as well in a title unification match, meaning that. I think this means that they're really ending the, the brand split. Mm-hmm. There will only be one team to represent WWE as the tag team champions. Wait, do you think if they unify them, do you think they'll create new tag titles too? I would hope. I don't know what they're doing with, what do they do with Roman Reigns? They just have him holding a universal title. 
they still have him holding just both titles, and he hasn't even been on a T- uh, yeah. TV show since, like, I think WrestleMania yeah, or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are your thoughts on the titles being unified? Do you think it's a good idea? I mean, I like the idea of ending this whole brand split crap because, I mean, if you remember, they used to do, like, like special pay-per-views for, like, each brand and everything. There's been, like, a brand split since, like, 2016, and I thought it needs to end. It does, and it's just, I don't know. It could, I guess it could have been a lot better if they booked it right. It had potential, I guess, was what I'm saying. But they didn't book it right, so that's why I wanted it to end for so long, and I'm glad they're finally ending it. Yeah, I think I feel like if they're gonna do that, though, the problem is, I really hope that people don't get lost in the street. The whole reason the universal title was made was for the damn brand split. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's necessary, especially with um everything going on is this a true statement let me look at this hang on um wow okay this is what this says i don't know if this is true this is coming from wrestling news co and it says as previously reported by the wrestling observer the belief among people in AEW is that Brett the Hitman Hart quietly signed a lucrative deal with WWE. Obviously, this means that he won't be managing FDR and AEW and explains why he's only managing them at the upcoming big time wrestling indie event. It was noted that Brett has said that he plans on slowing down public appearances and autograph signings. He's going in to do exceptions to that, obviously, do Comic Con in Australia. Um, he's talking about a second book on life after wrestling and what made him love wrestling as a kid. Um, it's unclear when the WWE deal would have been signed, but it may have been recent. Uh, well, what is the deal for exactly? For Hanson, pretty much have like a legends career deal. Like he'll probably like. Oh, what? like get paid like. Uh... To do nothing, to stay home pretty much. Sort of like, it's funny because Brett did his whole thing. Like we just, I did a recap of his uh, Broken Skull Sessions. And granted, he's older now. But he said the reason why he didn't want to um, keep doing stuff for WWE. Or no, he didn't like, okay. He didn't like working for WCW because he would go to the shows and they would tell him you're not booked and he would just go and just not do anything and he didn't like that he wanted to compete he wanted to be on every show doing stuff so now it's funny to see that he has an opportunity where you know in AEW he would be utilized as a manager in some way shape or form Tully Blanchard Jake Roberts I mean I mean they're all still doing it look to every wrestler there is an exception and I feel I feel Bret Hart had such a good career that maybe it is to a point where he could say, yeah, I want to stay at home and just do nothing. And and, and that's justified. I mean, I don't know. get me wrong. I'm not saying like people like Jake the Snake Roberts aren't, but you know what I mean. I just feel like, um, you know, even for like, he was, they, they've been teasing it. He's been talking about it. Yeah, that, that would surprise me if you signed a deal. Like, that would be, like, right out from underneath AEW. Yeah. 
and AEW is doing this whole thing for his brother, the, the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. So I wonder yeah. what's, what's happening there. But um, for Maybe me, I'm pissed off Bret Hart. I guess so. Um, but going back to SmackDown, I feel like if they deunify the titles, they're going to have to make sure that every tag team gets equal opportunity because you're going to be losing a lot of teams in the scuffle because they already now only feature like four tag teams. So with there only being one title, not a lot of teams are going to have a chance. The to problem beat. is with the tag teams is they literally build them up just to break them down. Yeah. So, I mean, also you got to look at it like this. If that's WWE's idea, then I feel that could actually be a better thing because if mm. – if they were to do that a lot, I'm not saying they should because I don't like yeah. the idea of it, but if they do, and that's their idea, then they don't have to worry about doing it and screwing up two tag team divisions. It's only one then. You know what I mean? That's true. That's so, good- uh, and, plus, and plus that makes it harder to actually get a match for the titles, which means it would be more of a blood feud because we couldn't do this. You fucked it all up and not, now I hate you or something. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I'm not giving a justification for it. I like the idea, but it has to be done right. Well, that's the way, that's what I live by. If if it's done right, I could care less what it is. If it's done right, I will say that I that this, they probably will have a decent match at WrestleMania Backlash. If this will be the end of, you know, with it being unification, it's going to be a lot on the line. So I look forward to the match, but. Riddle will be taking on Jimmy Uso later on, so we'll be talking a little bit more about them later. Moving on, we have the SmackDown Women, or not SmackDown, goodness, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Naomi with her partner Sasha Banks taking on Rhea Ripley with Liv Morgan, and Rhea gets the win after a riptide. My question for you is, do you think Naomi and Sasha are a good team together? Um. I don't know. I feel like WWE just like, yeah, I can see why they put them together, but I feel like they were just thrown together and said, here, do something. Yeah. I don't feel like that. That's how I feel about a lot of the women's tag team. I mean, don't get me wrong. The women's tag team titles is a good idea. WWE just didn't know how to fucking use it right. Well, that's why I get scared with the regular tag teams because if you look at that, that's how it is with this division too. It's like random people drawn together because they don't have enough. Okay, tag- but some of those people work. I mean, RK bro, look at that. That was a team that was just thrown together, and and it fucking worked. Yeah. People like Rhea Ripley and Nio. Uh, not sorry, I was saying the wrong thing. Um, my idea was like Carmella and Selena Vega. I don't feel that works. I'm not trying to trash talk either one of them. They're both great singles competitors, but. Oh, who are you talking about? Zelina Vega? Yeah, Zelina Vega and Carmella. They're both good in their individual eyes, but together I don't see anything special, you know? Well, of course, because Queen Zelina obviously is many times better than Carmella, and <laughs> that, that was the whole problem with the tag team to begin with. Why, why, did, I not, why did I not see, see that coming? Why did I well, not I see realize that? that? And then after WrestleMania, Queen Zelina is like, you know, I fucking had it, slaps the bitch, and you know what? She's not the better thing. Bye. She is the queen. So I do agree with that statement. She is better on it. I'm just saying, I think the women's div- tag team division was never really like 
they didn't even have an idea of what they wanted to do. They just had the titles and said, "Well, oh, shit, now we got to do something with them. Yeah. They well, wanted to make history, but they didn't have an idea on how to make history with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also don't like, I guess this is just because you brought the good point that they, they build the tag teams, break them up. Sasha is now a, what, three-time women's champion. And now I just feel like it's dumb. Anyways, uh, we'll talk about the women's titles more on Raw because a lot happens there. Next, we move to Happy Corbin, who is trash-talking Madcap Moss. If you remember last week on SmackDown, Corbin turned on Moss, but Moss is able to take advantage. So Umberto with Angel is taking on Madcap Moss. Moss gets the win after the punchline. That's really it. So my question for you is, do you think it's time for Moss to get a new gimmick now that he isn't with Happy Corbin? Or do you think this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making jokes, character is going to keep being successful? God, no. I think, I think he needs a new gimmick and fast. I think a lot of people like him need a new gimmick fast, but WWE ain't going to do shit. Unless they put him like Ezekiel or whatever the fuck his name is now. Yeah, it's weird. It, it's I do like Moss, but I feel like the whole point of his character was that he was an asshole. So now you're going to turn him funny. Like, I don't, I don't. Again, silly, silly storytelling by WWE. It, it, it just reminds me of Santino Marilla. I hated that. I know a lot of people were fans of that. I really thought that was the dumbest thing. I mean, it's funny, but... Uh, again, I liked it to an extent. I liked it to an extent. Yeah. But you got to remember, I'm I'm annoying because I'm one of those, like, super, like, I don't like any... Like, some humor is funny. The segment on Raw... Was it on Raw where they did a lie detector test? That was humorous. There were some moments that I found funny, but because they were genuine, I don't like the over the top, like you said, Santina Morella. Nobody in the world is really going to dress up as a woman to win a <laughs> Miss WrestleMania. Match. Um, oh my God, I forgot about that. I mean, they might, but you know, with the lie detector test, that was kind of funny and silly because that that's people could be like asking the right questions. Like, we'll get to I that. I mean, honestly, they've done this before. Mr. America, are you Hulk Hogan? Yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of that, America, the American SmackDown Women's Champion, the Queen Charlotte Flair, will be defending her title at WrestleMania Backlash against Ronda Rousey this time in an I quit match and she gets interviewed by the newest SmackDown announced well interviewer Drew Gulak who it's sad to see him go from competing to now holding a microphone and basically he interviews Charlotte Flair about tapping out and Charlotte's like I never tapped out um, I'm a submission master quitting is not in my DNA winning is and she's like, you know what, Drew, you don't deserve to be in the same ring as me. Go. Drew turns leave. She chop blocks him, applies the figure eight, screams at him, quit, say I quit, say I quit. He's yelling and he's, you know, tapping out. And then he says, I quit. And uh, Charlotte holds the title. Uh, my question for you, do you think it's bad seeing Drew Gulak tap out to Charlotte Flair like that? I mean, I'm not trying to say that a woman, like, listen, 
Nyla Rose would fuck me up. Um, fucking awesome. Kind of can fuck anybody up. Listen, even Charlotte, like if she if she punched me a couple of good times, she'd get me down, right? But um, there is no way she could fuck up a guy like Drew Gulak, who has known so many submissions. He would be able to literally turn that bitch over and get her out. Now I understand that's why they did it because if a submission specialist can't do it, then how can Ronda Rousey? I get it, and you know a male can't do it. How can Ronda? which is obviously going to put more hype for Ronda to win when, if she does win. But I just feel like you are totally... I just want to point one thing out, though. Yeah. A lot of times when they pin a woman against a man, the woman always comes out on top. And I'm not trying to be insensitive to this shit, but I think that's kind of... When you do that, it ruins the male's character. I'm not saying that, oh, women aren't tough. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that when you do it every fucking time no matter no matter who it is no matter how many times you do it it just gets to a point where it's like if he can't do that i don't think he can do anything well i think my opinion i agree with you i'm not like like i said i'm not trying to say that women are not tough i'm a lot of those fucking women on that roster could be me the fuck up i'm not saying they are i'm just saying to your extent well what you're saying is that there has to be more of a fight. It can't just be like yeah. constantly pushing Mark Merrow to the floor. This is an old school statement. That's never going to happen. You know, you might see her slap, but then you're going to see him punch and that's okay. Punch back. You know, there's a difference. But if someone's going to totally annihilate someone who is over 100 pounds their size and I just, I feel like it's, it's you know, Un- silly, and to make him tap out the way like he tapped out right away, and you're kind of like, like well, he tried to get he out a of little it. bitch, as if he was never putting a submission move in his life. And just last year, if you remember, two years ago at WrestleMania in 2020, he was with Daniel Bryan doing the elimination chamber, actually. Yeah, well, that's but that's but that's what I'm saying. Like two years ago, he was like working with him. Yeah, he was in some of Daniel Bryan's submissions. And he fucking didn't tap out. But no, the second we put him in Charlotte Flair's move, let's have him tap out like the little bitch that they think he is. Do you think Charlotte Flair is going to say the words like quit at WrestleMania Backlash? Or do you think she's going to... I feel... I don't know. I feel like there's something that's going to be a little screwy in that match. Because I feel like this match is to protect somebody. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't see why Ronda would compete again knowing she was going to lose again. Yeah, but I also don't see why they would have Charlotte Flair just say, I quit like a little bitch when they've been building her up for so long. You got to remember about I quit matches. You don't have, it doesn't necessarily have to be a submission hold. You're right. It doesn't. You're right. I mean, for God's sake, Batista didn't quit in in a submission move, but I'm just saying, what I'm saying though is they've had Charlotte built up like 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 fucking Roman Reigns, like the female Roman Reigns they've been building her up for pretty much. They're trying to show, oh yeah, I'm Ric Flair's daughter, I'm the fucking best. And look, Ric Flair is one of the greatest of all times. I don't feel his daughter is. I don't feel she's that strong, but WWE sure is out building her like that. I do feel I like don't see them, I don't see them doing that. Like 
if you ask me, the I Quit match doesn't actually do anything for anybody. It doesn't protect anybody. It just ruins the toughness of a character. I think that they're going to look at it this way, though, that Ronda Rousey isn't always going to want to be a professional wrestler, right? Like her, she did this. She's doing this more for money, I think. She's not really someone who is going to say, okay, in three years, we're going to see Ronda. Herself, she is not a wrestler. She is a MMA fighter. She's not right? a wrestler. Yeah. But Charlotte is someone who you know, okay, in two, three years, we're still going to see her. So Vince is probably going to assume himself, you know what, she can always be champion again. This is someone who is a hot commodity. We don't know how long we have her for. Right now, let's use her. And I feel like they're going to do that because if... if I'm they- not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying that I don't see them doing it like, well, fuck, we got to have somebody lose and... uh well, fuck, we've been building this bitch up for a year, but again, we just brought this one back and she just mm-hmm. lost, so we got to do yep. some. Maybe they'll put her in, like, a fucking crate and, like, drop uh, Who knows? Maybe they'll, do a, maybe they'll do a Mankind and Rock thing where, like, Charlotte gets knocked out and it looks like she said I quit or something. Mm-hmm. Well, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre. Darren Connell champion Ricochet defending against Jinder Mahal and the Raw Tag Team champion Riddle taking on SmackDown Tag Team champion Jimmy Uso. Stay tuned. We will be back. Welcome back. Be sure to check out Anchor.fm. It is the best tool to use to create and distribute your podcast for free. Definitely check out Anchor.fm. Also, be sure to check out the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast wherever podcasts are available and streaming, including Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And like I said, wherever podcasts are streaming, make sure you give us a five-star rating. Also, look for us on YouTube. Type in the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. Subscribe, like, and hit the notification bell. Stay notified when new content is created. And Macho Man Dan and I are back covering Friday Night SmackDown from April 15th. And up next, we have Drew McIntyre taking on Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn, this wasn't really a match. It was pretty much Sami Zayn running away from Drew McIntyre the entire time. Drew ended up getting the win after a countout because Sami kept running away from him. Do you think it's time that Drew and Sammy get different character changes and gimmicks? I mean, I feel like they've been doing this thing where, you know, Sammy's always running from someone. Drew is always looking like the steadfast fucking Braveheart soldier. Do you think it's time for a change? Um, well, the Sammy thing, it's different because he used to be like the, um, he used to be the baby face. He used to be the underdog. I liked that. I thought that was cool. Then when they had the Sami Zayn turn heel thing, I thought that was interesting. It definitely put some pizzazz on his character because he's been because he's done that for so long. Now, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really know how to feel about it anymore. Like, don't get me wrong. I still love the Sami Zayn character, but after a few years of doing the same character, it's getting old. Well, yeah, and the problem, too, is that, like, the fact that because he's always afraid, 
it's like you can't take him seriously because you're like, okay. Uh, I mean, plus you also can't really take him seriously concerning the fact that he lost to fucking Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, but but that's the problem though. For Sami Zayn to succeed in WWE, he needs to change his gimmick. I feel like I think he needs to do something different because him continuing to lose is not going to be taken seriously at all. With the well, Drew McIntyre thing, that I don't really know what else to say about the Sami Zayn thing. We've already heard my opinion on that. The Drew McIntyre thing, again, the problem is though with this gimmick is he actually really succeeded with this gimmick. And now that he hasn't done shit for so long with it, it's like, really? Do I really find this character dominating like it used to be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem I feel like with WWE lately has been their characters. The wrestling is good. The characters and storytelling is really bad. Because we say to ourselves, why do we care about these people? And cheap plug for our The Attitude Years podcast series that I'm doing. During the Attitude Era, every person that showed up on Raw or SmackDown had a purpose and had a plot and had a character. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't, there were moments that you turned off 100%, but every person was there for a reason nothing was filler you might see a lot of like okay obviously jobbers are getting their ass handed to them you'll see that a lot but there was never like okay we're just gonna do finn balor versus Sami Zayn for no reason and the match is gonna end and that's it then we're gonna move on to our next match everything had purpose right now nothing has purpose anymore you're seeing random people put together for random reasons. Why is Sami Zayn afraid of Drew McIntyre? What even happened? Like, I don't even understand. Like, last week, what, he ran into him or something? Like, I don't get it. Oh, uh, yeah. And I feel like they can't keep doing this. Oh, well, you laughed at me. Oh, you were a bully. Oh, you were. These are grown-ass people. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't fight because someone picked. Like, Braun Strowman. Is a real monster, a guy that big, really going to fight someone like Shane McMahon for calling him fat? Or it was stupid. stupid, actually. It was stupid, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one's really going to get that upset. It's like, I would fucking squash you. Tell me what you want. Like, I'm not taking you seriously. They take all these stupid things seriously, I feel like. I don't know. This is my rant. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. It's stupid. Nothing has a purpose anymore. It's like, we don't know what to do these people, so we're just going to throw them together in a match. Yeah. And plus, yeah. they have so much they have so much talent that they don't even utilize. No, sir, they don't. Speaking of underutilized talent, the WWE Intercontinental title is on the line. The champion Ricochet defending against Jinder Mahal, who has Shanky with him. Ricochet defends the title successfully after nailing a shooting star press. Uh, do you think Ricochet is going to be a good Intercontinental Champion? What do you think? I think he could if WWE booked them right. I mean, uh, I always find myself coming back to either the booking or the storyline. They don't book them right. Yeah. Yeah. Guys have really been a good person to challenge. Uh, and also, I want to point this out. Really? Jinder Mahal, you couldn't bring somebody like Mustafa Ali on there or something. 
No, let's throw Jinder Mahal, somebody who was a complete nutter fucking jobber, then in less than a month went to WWE champion and then went straight back to the jobber role. I mean, are we really going to, like, believe this? Yeah. No, I hear you. I agree. I think it's it's just a lot of stupidity, man. A lot of stupidity. Like, you could have put somebody in the ring with Ricochet that could have like blended perfectly with him, but no, you chose fucking Ginger Mahal. Ginger, yep. Yeah. yeah. Of course. I don't um. fucking get it. Moving on, we see the New Day backstage. They're signing merchandise, and Butch just runs over and attacks them, which then calls upon Sheamus and Rich Holland to join in the fight. Um, really nothing really to talk about here, just more drama between these two teams. We then get a promo from Lacey Evans. Really nothing much here. She's talking about her father and, you know, why she's a wrestler and what she does. We then see the women's locker room, Natalia, and I think Shana are talking, and Raquel Rodriguez introduces herself to Natalia, and Natty walks off looking like, is this bitch really in my locker room? So we're going to be seeing, you know, Lacey and Raquel coming back to SmackDown, so we'll see some fresh faces, which will be good. Um, and we're on our main event. Um, the Raw Tag Team Champion Riddle with his RK Bro teammate Randy Orton defeated Jimmy Uso after a really cool RKO out of nowhere. Jimmy Uso jumped off the top and Riddle nailed it on him. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, what did you think of that match? It was it was entertaining for what they tried to do. I'm not going to say it was the worst thing I've ever seen for a SmackDown main event. I don't know. It, it was okay. It wasn't like greatest match I've ever seen, but I knew what they were trying to do, and I felt they at least did something a little right. Okay. Well, we know coming off of this SmackDown, we know WrestleMania Backlash, the titles will be unified. The Usos against RK Bro. We know Charlotte Flair will be defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey in an I Quit match. And I think that's all we know so far for matches for WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, I'm pretty sure Bianca oh. Belair is putting her title line against Sonya. Well, that's actually happening on Raw. Ah. Yeah, I thought that too. But then they, on, we'll, we'll get to Raw when we get to Raw. Um, but we also know Seth Rollins could potentially take on Cody Rhodes. We'll talk about that when we get to Raw. But that's really it for SmackDown. Not a lot happened here. Dan, what did you like about this week's episode? Anything? Uh, I guess if I had to pick something, I like the promo between Randy Orton and the Usos. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did I like? Some good promo work. Um, I guess I like seeing Raquel Rodriguez because I like her and I think she's going to be a, a nice, you know, new face to the SmackDown women's division. So... I guess seeing Raquel Rodriguez. Excited to talk about her soon. But all right, we have finished our SmackDown recap. We will see you next with our Monday Night Raw recap. That will be from April 18th. That will be dropping shortly. We also have our AEW recaps coming soon. 
our attitude years recaps so much stuff going on stay tuned be safe and we'll talk to y'all soon bye bye